Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. Can we give our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ the greatest hand clap and praise that you have offered him all day? Come on, there is none beside him. There is none greater. There is none more worthy. He is faithful in all things, isn't he? So grateful to his presence and his life and his hope of glory that you and I get to reside in. Today, I am going to bring a very convicting word, and Pastor Aaron has heard it because I preached it all weekend long at our house. We preached together. And so if you'll stand for the reading of God's word, I'm going to only make you stand for one scripture, but we're going to hit a lot of scripture today because I don't want you to be ill-equipped. I don't want you to not go home and seek this out for yourself and just take my word for it. It is my prayer that you go dig this out and allow it to confirm in your heart and in your spirit that what is being preached today is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so if you will open your scripture to 1 John and 18. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. If you're there, say amen. And listen, I encourage you. I've asked them to put up the scriptures that we will be reading from today. Take pictures. Ask your neighbor for a piece of notebook paper if you don't have one, if you would like one. I'm sure Crystal Lawing has a purse full of pens that she would lend you today. If you want one, say, Pastor Amanda, it is different for me. And um, I, I pray that this preaches, but it is my prayer that it prophetically teaches today. Because he does not want you ignorant concerning spiritual things, nor does he want you deceived in these last days. And that is the heart of the Father. That's the heart of this scripture that we will be studying out and reading. And um, so while I preach, I'm prophesying. While I'm prophesying, I'm teaching. Ephesians 4 tells us that the purpose of this is for the edifying of the body. It is for the equipping of the saints for the work and the purpose of ministry. And so it's not just a moment for us to feel good about where we are in our momentary life, but it's about where we're going. Look at somebody and say, I'm going somewhere. It's about where I'm going. It's about this eternal walk that I am walking and all that I will lay at his feet when I get there. Come on, somebody. So as we read this scripture aloud together, you know I love me some class participation. He, John is warning of deception in the last hour. Read aloud. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is. 
So, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we lift this moment up to you. We lift this word up to you. We lift up our ears to you. I lift up my mouth to you, almighty God. I I just bind every spirit of lies, every spirit of deception, every demonic influence that would try to get in between the word and the hearing of the saints in this house today. We take authority by Jesus' name. We cancel every curse. We destroy the yokes of bondage. We put flesh in its place and we open up the spirit of the living God to hear what you would say in this hour to this church. So we submit ourselves to you today, oh Jesus. Have your way in this hour. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to recap just a moment. Those, Do we have any first-time visitors in the house? If you are, just give us a wave offering, first-time visitors. Thank you. Come on, church. Let's let them know we welcome them today. Thank you for coming, and we honor your presence in this house. We know that there's many choices. Maybe you didn't come here by choice, maybe only by default, but praise God you're here anyway. I, I want to recap Uh, for just a moment of what was preached last week. We kicked off the year of 2021 about being known. And this came uh, specifically through a conference of Pastor Kevin Wallace. And he was talking about getting to know the body and connecting the body. How many knows that's important in this day and in this hour, especially in seasons of isolation and separation? Amen. But I remember back in August, I was getting ready to go preach a women's conference in northern Kentucky. And as I was waiting and preparing my heart to even enter the building, I was still seated in the car. And I was just meditating on the word and on the Lord and asking him, please help me make room for you. I don't want to just be known for you. I don't want to just be known as a good good preacher. I don't want to just be known for the name of Jesus, but I want to be known by his name. Come on, somebody. I want to be known by him, for him, in him, to him, and through him. And it is our prayer that as we are studying and breaking this down, that that would be the heart of each person who would hear the words that are being preached last week, this week, and next week, if the Lord wills. Last week, we talked about still being in the womb. Has anybody felt like you're in the confinements of a dark space? (laughs) Jeremiah 1 and 5, the Lord tells this prophet, he says, I knew you before I what? Before I formed you in your mother's womb. And he said, I have already ordained you to be a prophet. Just to Israel. No, but to the nations. He said, I've already ordained this in you. And so if we believe that life begins at conception, then we have to believe that every life has purpose. Every life has a place and a plan by the hand of God. He himself is forming and fashioning the life within the womb space even now. And I look at it as today. We are out of the womb, but in the spirit, I sense that we've just been in the womb 
womb. And it feels like the more you grow, the less you know. The more you grow, the more room you have less to move around. And things begin to get tight. And you begin to feel miserable. But I hear the Lord saying, I'm about to make room for you. We are about to open up some things. You're about to breathe in ways that you've never breathed before. You're getting ready to see that what you've been warring for and warring against was only birthing a thing inside of you that no man will get the glory for. But I, the Lord thy God, have been forming this in the womb. And then we went to Romans 12 and 2. Be not conned. Be not conformed to what? But be ye transformed by what? Oh, Jesus. Listen, if the Lord formed you, then it is the enemy's job to conform you. It is his job to lay out a new pattern and make it desirable unto your lustful eyes and your lustful flesh and the pride of your life. He will meet the things of your flesh to make you walk from your spirit. You hear me today? He'll make you feel good in the fleshly realm and make you believe that it's just the Lord because it feels good, right? Because the Lord is good and all good things come from him. So while this feels good, I want to remind you that the word of God also is very plain in this. That sin is pleasurable for a moment. It means you will enjoy the high. You'll enjoy that false intimacy. You'll enjoy the momentary pleasures of this world. But don't forget this next section. In its end is death. Oh, I'm preaching better than your amen and today. But I, then we moved on that the Lord is calling a remnant revival to a holy people. And a revival is not an event on a calendar date. I love when this church hits revival and we go into a series of meetings. But let me explain to you that it is not the series of meetings that marks revival. It is when a people decide that we're going to make God the main thing again. It revival is making of something important a prayer life of a believer begins to turn on the inside of you in the late midnight hours of your life a prayer life ignites beyond yourself and beyond your address and you begin interceding for nations for the Lord has called you not just as a prophet to speak to this region but he said go and make disciples of nations I'm waiting on an intercessor to arise and begin to call forth nations into the kingdom of God again. Nations will come unto the holy mountain of the Lord. When? In the last days. How can I know it's the last days? Because only the Lord that God can come settle the wars between the nations. Men can't do it. Men's words can't do it. I don't care how many orders you sign on a desk. Only the Lord thy God brings peace. Only the Lord thy God brings order. Only the Lord thy God will make you turn your soul.
into a plowshare. My God. In this season, a remnant revival making something of importance again. A remnant being a fabric that has had some pieces cut off it. Has anybody had any pieces cut off of you in this season? You see, the enemy would look at those pieces and he would tell you that those remnant pieces aren't worth anything. Maybe you feel like you've been ripped to shreds and pieces today. I just want to remind you and encourage you, you're just of a remnant. You are of those that have not been used up. You are of those that have not been sold out to sin. You are of those who refuse to bow to your flesh even when it means you lose everything around you a remnant body are those who say as for me and my house setting a standard for the Lord not being used or sold in a season being a remnant bride and a remnant revival here we see the apostle John writing a letter to his spiritual children And he warned them of a coming deception of the last tower. I know that we love to focus on the miracles of Jesus, and we should. Because those are things that as believers, you and I have an authorized authority to do in his name. But it is of most importance when you read these New Testament books, uh, writers such as Peter, Paul, James, they, they begin to warn and John about deceptions and beware of this and beware of that. And in this day and in this hour, it seems as if we only want to come to church and hear what makes me feel good. We pick and choose our churches. Uh, I, I heard it like this, that we, we build churches on surveys. What sermons would you like to hear most? Probably those are the ones I'm going to steer clear of. I love you. But I love you enough to tell you the whole truth. He is love and he is mercy and he is kind. He is gentle. He is forgiving. He is ever chasing you. But he's also just. And he's also jealous. He is also righteous, and he is also holy. And I don't know when we started treating God like he was Santa Claus. I really only want to talk to you once a year, and I'm a little scared of you, but I'm going to come sit in your lap. Let's make sure we take a selfie while we're at it. And then I'm going to give you a list of all the things that are going to bring me happiness when I wake up. That ain't in my notes. We have lost our fear and our reverence for a holy God. 
That when he enters a room, are we more concerned with our agenda and our list of things that we want him to check off for us and us not lift a finger and us not push a plate aside and us not sacrifice in our time and laying our life as a holy sacrifice that would be acceptable and pleasing to a holy God. That's not who he is. That's not who he is anymore. No, that's who the world has decided to tell the church to preach that he is. I heard it said that if we built school systems on surveys, we would have pizza Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We would have coloring time all day. Art, maybe PE. I mean, if we were feeling like it that day. But in the end of this, we would not be equipped to live. You want to know why? Because a little resistance and a little pulling back of yourself causes you to grow. All right. Warning of the coming deceptions of the last hour. In this first epistle, John makes these statements. God is light. Everybody say that. He is light. He is love. He is life. John enjoyed this known fellowship with Jesus and with God the Father. And he desperately desired for these same spiritual children to enjoy the same fellowship that he had known and was knowing in this moment. God being light, he warns that we must also walk in the light and not allow any darkness in. To walk in the light, this means that we as believers and Christ's followers must regularly confess our sins. And ask the holy God to continually cleanse us. Two major roadblocks that hinder this walk is falling in love with the world and falling for the lies of alluring deception. How will you be known in these last days? In the last couple of weeks, I've heard the Holy Spirit speak, and he says, go warn against the spirit of Antichrist. And I have to tell you that I, I even shared with my husband, this word feels so much bigger than me. I don't feel educated enough to speak on this subject. You know, I, I'll preach on love. I'll preach on holiness. I'll preach on these things. But when I begin to talk about the Antichrist, the enemy wants you to believe that he is so powerful that you could never get an understanding of warning against him because he wants to infiltrate in our midst. I know we are all looking for a man in a suit with ten horns, right? But as I have submitted myself under the hand of God and stood under his authority... I believe John was warning about a spirit that would come only to prepare a people and groom them for the day of this man's arrival. The enemy is only contrary to the things of God. The Holy Spirit is here to teach you and I how to live this life to prepare ourselves for the return of the bridegroom. The Antichrist is here to groom and teach you in the way that you should go in your flesh. So when the man of perdition, this antichrist man, steps on the scenes, could it be that even the very elect would be deceived? 
The biggest threat of this spirit is not to entangle you and drag you to the bars downtown Nashville. It's not to put you automatically in an adulterous situation. It is not for you to go and fall into drunkenness and perversion or commit murder. I mean, that is his goal probably in the end game. But here's what we need to know. Deception is a slow fade. Deception is a creeping up. It is not something that, yo, I just fell in that bed. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You meditated on that thing. You tasted it before you tasted it. You hear me? You touched it before you touched it. The enemy's deception is you were already there in spirit before you ever got there physically. Look at your neighbor say, it's a slow fade. It's a slow fade. It's a slow fade. And those of you who have been so entrapped in sin know I'm telling the truth. Holla. (laughs) This is why the entrapment of sin is first conceived in the mind. Because where this thing goes, boy, it'll take you to crazy town quicker than you can blink. The warning deception of this antichrist spirit. The Lord said, (laughs) the contrary of antichrist is pro-self. See, he knows that you coming to church on Sunday morning, reading your Bibles, you're not going to deny that Jesus is who he says he is. But if he can get you to put yourself a throne on the throne above him. Well, my life matters. I, the Lord wants me happy. He wants me to do this. He, he loves for me to feel the joy. Let me tell you, this deception will cause you to sit on the seat in church every single week. You open your Bible and turn to the scripture that makes you feel the most convenient in your sin. And make you feel good about it. Antichrist is to be (laughs) pro-self. Self-seeking, self-pleasing, self-positioning, self-righteous. How will you be known in the last days? We as humans say we are body, soul, and a spirit. I am a body. I am a spirit. Let me rephrase that. Say, I am a spirit. Who lives in a body. I am a spirit. Who has a soul. But I live in a body. Do you know that you are more spirit. Than you are physical body. But yet that is what we put. Our most emphasis on. I love self care. Right now I could use some. I got some grays shining. My nails need done. My feet. All of the things. I love a good self care day. But here's what I'm telling you. When I put myself up on the throne of my life. And I make that of most importance. And I tell the Lord. How busy I am taking care of my selfish ways. I'll get to you later. And you don't put him in his rightful position up front. And you say I'll get to you at midnight before I go to bed and you say you're now I lay me down to sleep prayer I'm telling you there's a day that's coming that the Lord will say I'm going to turn you over to yourself 
To be anti-Christ is to be pro-self. Our spirit changes once we are saved and born again. But I need you to hear me today. Say, my spirit gets saved when I'm born again. That's why you see somebody who used to be so mean. And I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like they were so mean in character. And all of a sudden they got saved and they were kind. Their spirit changed. Their spirit changed ownership. But the soul realm, say my mind, has to be saved daily. Some of us three times a day. Some of us every hour of every moment. Some of us right here about every minute of every single day. My mind, my soul realm is being saved. It is not saved. Why? Because it's in this world. My spirit man has already moved on to things of glory. But if my soul realm refuses to line up with my spirit man, then I'll get entrapped in the things of this world. Our soul is being saved. Our soul realm controls our emotions. Check. And we love to validate our emotions, don't we? I'll validate it and then tell you, look, you can't operate in that. I'll validate your anger. Don't you dare sin in it. That emotional moment will move on. But where your soul realm decides to stay in an emotional state is where you'll build a house and live. Body, soul, spirit. Our emotions, our will, and our intellect. I need you to hear me today. What your emotions process will cause you to will to do. If you allow unhealthy emotions to rise in a momentary pleasure, in a momentary anger, in a momentary fleshly moment, it will in its end produce death. But if we surrender that mind moment and that emotion into the hand of God and we give it to God and say, I'm angry, but your word says, vengeance is yours, says the Lord. I turn this over to you, God Almighty. Then we can keep moving in the line that God has called us to move in. Say, help me to move, Jesus. Help me to keep walking and not get entangled. Help me, Jesus, to know the way that I should go and not be entangled in the ways of darkness in this hour. Our souls are being saved, renewing them in the soul realm daily. This is even your imaginations. When your spirit and soul are at war with one another, this is the place of decision. Has anybody got any decisions to make? That's that moment of that war between flesh and spirit, between mind and soul. Has anybody ever felt like you've been in the valley of a decision? But here's the deal. If you will call on the name of the Lord in a moment of a valley state, we have heard it before that God is still God in the valley as he is of the high places. He is still God in the low place as he is seated as high and seeing all. You need to know that your valley is not insignificant to him but he'll speak there to you to pull you out 
in the valley of decision. There has been indeed a battle for the soul of this nation. There has been a battle and is a battle for the soul of our churches. There is a battle going on right now in the heavenlies for the souls of your children and your children's children that have yet to even be born. Why is this realm such a threat to the enemy? Because he knows that if you put your mind to it, you can do it. He knows that if he can cause your mind to get in alignment with whatever it is he's put before you, maybe it's money, maybe it's just affluence, maybe it is empty upon the things of God and fulfilling in this world. He knows that you having a strong mind, and when it's in Christ, it's even stronger, but what you put your mind to, you will do. So it starts here. You want to know how else I know that the Antichrist has gotten in the church? Because you get bored when I ain't making you feel good. If John and Paul and all of these great men of God felt a need to warn the early church of great deceptions of a last time hour, how much more do we need to be made aware in this day? And we would be doing a great disservice unto you if we did not warn you of these things and this truth. Because I got to tell you, while I do care what you have to say, at the end of the day, I will stand before the Lord God Almighty and take an account of what I didn't preach when he told me to. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians 2. And let's start with 3. We're going to flip back and forth here. I think they've got it. They're going to put it up on the screens. I want to talk about specifically three different ways of the church potentially being known in the last days. Now, let's read this together. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. There is a great falling away that must come first. And we always take that and we look at the people who are no longer in this building and we equate that to, ooh, they fell away. No, they didn't. They went to the church down the road. No, big difference. But I do want to explain to you scripturally where a great falling away, which means to fall away or depart from the faith in God. A great falling away means that you trust the news media to tell you the truth more than you do God. You find more enticement in the things of watching TV and reading what tickles your ears and tuning into a preacher in California who will tell you you're about to get it a new Bentley. Yes, Lord. I don't even want a Bentley. I just want my pay, my car paid off, but I'll take it. But in the name of Jesus, we also got to know that at the end of the day, if everything is stripped away, where does my faith lie? Have faith in God. Departing from the faith is not departing from your church. Now people lose faith in people. 
and leave. And most of the time, if we look at it, that was because somebody didn't get their way. Everybody all right? But a great falling away in this hour that's being spoken of here is turning away from the faith. And you want to know why this message isn't preached very much anymore? Because we're once saved, always saved. Well, I said to forgive me, Jesus, and that covered all the sins of my past and all the sins of my current life, and it'll cover me getting drunk and sleeping around next week, too. Holla! It's not how this works. I love you, all of my people who believe that. John and I used to have this talk. He might still believe that way some. I mean, we all want to, right? I want to believe. I'm once saved, always saved too. Ain't never got to repent for another thing. Woo! Sign me up, Jesus. I like it. I bet we could grow a church like that, right? We got to serve cookies and coffee too. That wouldn't be a bad idea, Becca. I'm just saying. And pizza for the late days, right? But a turning away, I don't even want to know, from the faith of God is the falling away from the truth. Where is your truth source today? Where is the truth and the knowledge that you so greatly have and have possessed? What is the source of that coming in a great falling away is turning your eyes to everything else but Jesus. If I have ever seen an hour, I'm going to preach whether you like it. If I've ever seen an hour of we can't wait To be an information overload over emptiness. That has no eternal value. And we put our faith in it. And then when that doesn't happen, our faith is shaken. And we've lost our way because we took our eyes off of him. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Come on, put your eyes up this morning. Come on, put them up. Come on, right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Father, if I have listened to every word but yours, God, Lord, forgive me. If I have tried to waver between two opinions in this hour, forgive me, God. Turning away from him. Here's what I can tell you. The spirit of the Antichrist, I called it the spirit of Jezebel, which is really one and the same, right? The spirit of Antichrist was heavily at work in Jezebel's life. And Hitler's life. And many people's lives that have come before us. That spirit of Antichrist is being, let me exalt myself in this hour. 
and here's the key. Let's look at the media. Let's do it. Let's look at it. Let's look at all the things. There are wonderful things to use for media. Praise God. We have all of our viewers online today. Can you welcome them and tell them we love them? Thank you for joining us. This is the one good thing that I love about media, but let's be very clear. Ultimately, in the last days, the spirit of deception, as long as it can control what you hear, it can control what you do. That's why in the book of Revelations and the churches of Asia, the seven of them, you will hear the angel of the Lord say, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. Because if I can get in your hearing, I can control your members and then control your doing. The spirit of Antichrist, a great falling away. Let's look at 1 Timothy and 4 and 1. Let's just read this. Now the Spirit expressly says, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. I'm going to go on to two. I don't know if you've got it there. Uh, let's move on. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot. Iron. Now let's look over to Ephesians 4. I, I, I told you I'm giving you some scriptures today. I, I want you to go home and dig this out. I don't want you to take my word for it. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Now in this day, the rest of the Gentiles is the worldly bunch. Don't walk as the sinners in their futility of their mind. Futility, futile means emptiness. Listen, I know that we think they know a lot and they might in this world. But at the end is death and it's emptiness concerning the ways of the kingdom. Verse 18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them, because the blindedness of their heart. Who being past feeling, being past their feeling. Look, you, let me move past this emotion. Let me move past this first moment of conviction and then I'm going to get somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct. Say, I can't be like I used to be. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. If Listen, our old ways is full of deceit at its best. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Read that with me. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you have put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. 
we must cast down knowing that these are the waverings between two opinions. This is the moment of falling away, being entrapped. Here's what you need to know, saints of God. If you are ever in the moment of falling away, you're not falling away into emptiness. You're falling away into something. Which means the enemy has already planned and plotted your demise. He has set an entrapment for you to walk right in that pit and get stuck there. And then the self-righteous bunch just stands and points their finger and laughs, right? Well, I knew, I just knew that about them. I just knew it. I mean, I knew they weren't even going to really get it figured out. They weren't really saved. I mean, we love to condemn when the Lord has called us to walk as his righteousness would walk and say, I see you falling in that pit. And, and listen, this is the last hour. You need to know the truth because that's what will set you free. Let's help you up out of this pit. Let's help you up out of this pit. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity. What do I got to do with my thoughts? Oh, what does that look like? You better wrangle them things in before they fly away with you. Taking those thoughts and locking them behind doors of the spirit man on the inside of you. Take it down and judge it by your spirit because your mind will lie to you. But the spirit man in Christ Jesus will set you free. Your spirit man will tell you the truth. It cannot deceive you and nor will it delight. It will it lie to you in this hour. Casting down every high thing that has exalted itself. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Judging it by the spirit. How do I keep from falling away? I must keep my thought life in obedience to Christ. Here's the good news. If your thought life has gotten out of order, as all of ours have, is everybody all right today? If it gets out of order, then we repent. We pull it down and we do not allow it to rise above the knowledge of God. We do not allow it to exalt itself above what God has already said. So then let's go back to 2 Thessalonians 2 and 4. We read about verse 3. There will be a great falling away at first. So where will you be in the last days? Listen, verse 4. Who opposes and what? Oh, so this spirit of Antichrist is a self-exalting spirit above all that is called God. Everything that would even imagine to be called God, this spirit of lawlessness and son of perdition, this Antichrist spirit that is already walking in the earth and he's got the church just tripping looking for a man with horns all the while the spirit's creeping up in our space every day 
attempting to exalt itself above everything that is called God. God who's seated in the temple of God. So listen, listen, here's what he wants. Exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. He's always fighting for your worship. So he sits as God in the temple of God. Now you and I know that Lucifer was cast down. Because God ain't moving from his throne. He ain't moving. He is seated high above the heavens. And no demon and no devil and no person will cause him to move off of it. So how would the spirit of Antichrist come, exalt itself above all that's called God, and set as God in the temple of God? This makes no sense, right? Would God ever leave his temple? He's seated on the throne, right? But what does 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 23 say? Ooh. So what is the enemy's number one goal? To overthrow the Lord of your life. To overthrow. Now listen, he don't even care if he bumps God out of the way and puts yourself up there. As long as the Antichrist spirit is at work. So let's read it. Do you not know that you are the temple and that the spirit of God dwells in you? I got news for you. God ain't giving no keys up to anybody. He ain't moving his. He's not. He, his position does not. I am the Lord thy God and I change not. However, if the spirit of Antichrist would dare to exalt itself and seat in the temple of God, of the thing that calls God, whose temple is he dwelling in? Blew my mind too. But let's go beyond that. What's this called? The temple dwelling. If he can get here, he can get here. And he can get here. And sure enough, he'll come through here. And then we have turned ourselves over to a reprobate and a base mind. Why? Because that was God's plan for my life? No. You gave him the temple. Help us, Jesus. We give him the temple. Verse 18. Let no man deceive himself. Who? Like, let no man deceive. Don't deceive yourself. You know why? Because what? You've been given the keys of authority. Pastor Aaron just preached on that. So if the keys are being taken back by hell, who's turning them over? Let no man deceive himself. If anyone seems wise in this world, let him become a fool. Oh, I got too much pride for that. 
when you become a fool for him, then you will become wise. For wisdom of this world is what? God help us. God help us. When you feel the lure of the old life coming back on the inside of you, know that it is the full-on influence of the Antichrist. And here's the thing about it. Here's what I can promise you. You will feel the lure. Come back in that emotional state. That was a fun ride. Come over here. Come on, let's get pulled back to that day and that spirit of trauma. Let's go back. We met with our young adults group Friday night. I'm telling you, we are having our own little revival and Bible study. It was almost 930 and we didn't want to leave and quit yet. They might not enjoyed it, but we sure did. You know what I'm saying? We, and we were studying about fresh oil and how the Lord's wholeness is attracted to your brokenness. Hear me. The wholeness within him is like a magnet to your brokenness. Why? So you can remain brokenness and broke, broke down and no good for nothing. No, so that he might come in you and put those broken pieces, form it back together so that you might be whole again for his kingdom purpose. Your brokenness is not helping the kingdom. Well, that's relatable. No, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the words of my, my testimony might help somebody, not the broken side. See, there's some things that you still don't know about me that only the Lord that God knows. And one day when I get over yonder, he's going to give me a white stone with a new name on it that only he and I know what that means. Here's what I am telling you today. When you pull people in your brokenness, you ain't helping nobody. It holds no eternal value. But when I speak from the place of wholeness, because he's in me and I'm in him. Jesus. The enemy, the spirit of anti-Christ. And then I'll get letters that say, you glorify the enemy too much. Yeah, and you play with him too much. We send him on to your church. You keep on. But as long as there's breath in our body, the leaders of this house, we have a responsibility. Yes, there's blessing. Yes, there's healing. But why is it that we can believe the Lord of the breakthrough for our healing, but we can't believe him for my fleshly realm? He's the Lord of my money. But he don't get to tell me where it goes. <laughs> Come on. This spirit of anti-Christ wants your worship. He wants your intimacy. He wants your unity. And he wants your deeds. And he don't care if you do it in the name of the Lord. 
As long as we keep the, you know, this entanglement. Pastor Aaron's going to preach about a tree being known by their fruit next week. So I'm not going to dig into that. But last week, we talked out of Matthew 7. How is it that we can say, I prophesied in your name. I cast out devils. I did all of these things in your name. But, and he says, depart from me. I never knew you. You workers of. That's harsh. How is that? Because you are illegally using his name and not coming under his fruit. I'm telling you, we are in a day and in an hour that if we think we're going to rightfully use the name of Jesus and name and claim, he's saying, my church, my people, my remnant of believers will also, yes, they'll bear the marks of Christ, but they will also bear my, uh, my influence. They will also bear my mature fruit. They will also maneuver in all authority that's been given to them, not just a little bit of it. Now, this ain't for the new, new, new believers. You're going to grow up into this thing. But I tell you what, we need some good old saints who know how to set a standard and say, come follow me as I follow him. Instead, we've had the blind leading the blind off the cliff. We got goats instead of sheep. We've allowed the wolves up in the property to devour and tear down. And before we know it, the sheep dogs are saying, come on in. Come get them. You can have them. What's she talking about? Sheep dogs. Listen, my dad lives on a farm. He lives on about a, I don't know, I might get a hundred plus acres. It's a lot. And they told us they had, uh, they have some sheep dogs. They some big old dogs. Edda calls them the polar bears. You know what I mean? They scary looking, but they just as sweet as they can be. They won't hurt you unless you bring in a threat up here. Aaron and I. And our children, we went there after Christmas and, and spent some time and spent the night. And it was what? Probably 5 o'clock in the morning before we could actually go to sleep. And my dad, the next morning, he said, I'm sorry about that. He said, I've just become accustomed to it. I said, what in the world, them dogs? Woo, 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 woo. And you hear them run to this side. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> then you'd hear him run to the other side of the house. I thought, my God, they devouring something. I mean, I was waiting to walk out the next day and there'd be a bloody massacre on the property. You know what I'm saying? My dad said, they ain't, they ain't taking nothing down. He said, but what they are doing is they're sending out a signal and a warning. If you think about crossing this property line... You will be met with more than just my bark. And I'm telling you, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and darkness that are seated in high places. And if the church of the living God would begin to take her rightful position, we would stand guard in the late midnight hours of life. And we would tell the enemy, if you dare think you're going to break that up in here, the weapons of our warfare are mighty and God uh, pulling down every stronghold if the church would rise up there would not be one falling away on our watch why because we watching 
and we praying and we seeking and our sleep's being interrupted. Now that's inconvenient of me. Yeah, because you love yourself way too much. I need my beauty sleep. God, don't talk to me between the hours of, you know, I mean, pretty much all day. I don't want to be inconvenienced right now. I, I looked at Aaron in that kitchen when my dad said, I said, my God, where are the sheepdogs at? I hear the Lord saying that this morning. Where are the sheepdogs at? Who help protect the fold of God. Because we love the sheep. We refuse to allow an enemy to come and lie to you and devour you and cripple you. Because I love you, I'm getting ready to tell you, there is a spirit of deception about to grab hold of your ankle and pull you all the way to the pit of distraction that will bring disruption. Where are the sheepdogs at in this hour? It is not his will that any should perish. But thank God he is patient concerning his promises. He is not slack. He's just patient. Look at somebody say, he ain't forgot. He's just waiting on us to figure this thing out. He hasn't forgot. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. But I I trust in the name of the Lord. And here's what I want to clarify this morning. False prophecy. Let's talk about it. Uh, yes, accuracy. Yes, all of those things. But in this hour and the warning against a false prophecy is leading you from a worldly perspective. I'm going to prophesy to your flesh and not your spirit. I'm, I'm prophesying from a place of a worldview instead of the word view. Do you know that in the last days, this spirit of Antichrist obviously will be able to perform miracles and do signs and wonders. But the word of God tells us, test the spirits to see if they be from God. How can I test the spirit? I tell you what, you follow them just a little bit, their fruit will leave a trail like Hansel and Gretel. You know what you're walking into. My God, a trail all the way to hell. But Elijah was a man of like passions like you and I, and he prayed. He prayed that the heavens would shut up, and they did. For the form of what, three and a half years, he prayed again that the heavens would open, and they did. How did he prophesy with such accuracy? Because he prophesied the word of God. Well, where's that? Moses wrote it in the Old Testament. I think, I don't have this in my notes. I think it's potentially Deuteronomy. I'm not going to quote it. Maybe eight. I'm not sure. But he said this. The Lord promised that he will shut up the heavens and the dew will not fall on the earth when idols are in the camp. Why have we not seen this outpouring just yet? Oh, God help us. If you believe the prophets, you will prosper. Yes, that is the word of God. But we got to believe the prophets who are prophesying 
the word of God and not the world of God. Because there's two Christ in this world. There's Jesus Christ and there's Antichrist. So we've talked about the great falling away church. The great falling away and now we're going to talk about a powerless church. And we, we talked about this last week. We touched on it. But the word of God, how will you be known in the last days? I know I'm taking time today, but my God, just bear with me for just a moment. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to read through verse 5. I, please tell me you're going to go home and go through these. When you're there, just shout me a hallelujah. Is it on the screen? Read aloud with me. You know why we do that? Because you'll hear yourself. You might shut me out, but you'll hear you. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Read aloud to yourself. Somebody will if you don't. My God. But know this, that in the ah, peerless times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, forgive me, Lord, haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers. Now, here we go. Having the form In the last days, trouble will come. Jesus told him in the book of John, the 16th chapter, listen, ooh, there's, there's trouble coming in the world. But be of good cheer. Be of good cheer for trouble's coming. Holy Jesus. Yeah, because I've already overcame it. And then John 15 says, when you go back, if you're in me and I am you together, we will bear much fruit. He's saying, if you fully trust me to come into you in all the places of this hour and of this day, I can do the things that you cannot do. But the trick of this antichrist spirit is I got this. You know, I don't, I don't really need to go to church. I don't need to go gather with other believers, but I'm of the remnant. Well, I can tell you this, that little remnant square by itself without connecting to another piece will never be the fabric that God intended for his church or his body to be. A remnant is no good by itself, but when I connect with like-minded believers, not those who are unholy, unforgiving, and all about themselves and head headstrong, that's why I said, God, forgive me, because that's the. 
But when I connect with a believer in Christ and a like-minded spirit of God not being exactly the same, I don't want just a form of or a formality of. I want the fullness that the power has to offer a body of believers because we have no authority. We might be barking. We might be roaring. We might be saying something. But without the power, there's no ability to produce the change. Lawlessness will abound is what Matthew 24, 12 tells us. And because of this spirit of antichrist, the spirit of lawlessness will abound. He says the love of many will wax cold. No producing change in the atmosphere. I'm going to go back to 2 Thessalonians just for a minute. And then I'm going to talk about the third place you can be known in the last days. He says that he sets as God in the temple of God, showing himself. Listen, here's what I, the enemy is only showing himself a thing. You hear me? And he'll show you a thing if you will look to him. Only showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember when I was with you and I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. Do you know the one thing that keeps this spirit of Antichrist at bay? Do you know? Why he has not fully come. The Holy Spirit at work on the earth. And I want you to catch this revelation. The Holy Spirit is not the doer. He's the helper. Guess who the doer is? The Holy Spirit is not roaming on the earth looking for a body to fulfill. He found one. But we enjoy it for ourselves, right? The only thing that keeps the spirit of lawlessness held back and restrained is when the true bride arises, when we stand like those sheepdogs on a territory that God has given to us and for us and through us for our children and our children's children. Not just claiming the blessing of God and not contending for the faith that is able to hold the blessing of God, but the Holy Spirit on the earth working through the saints of God is telling that spirit of lawlessness, you can only come this far. But there will come a day that the Holy Spirit will be removed from the earth. When the saints of God are caught up or rather when the saints of God quit praying. What does you don't feel like anything's really happening? Yeah, because you quit right before the breakthrough. Because labor is not easy. It is not fun to labor for things. But in its end, it will either bring life or it will bring death. God is looking for a church to arise, 
to produce change, to bring forth the fruit of the kingdom of God. And the third way, we've talked about how will you be known in the last days. Uh, You could potentially fall in the category of a great falling away, turning from faith in God. Number two, having a form of godliness but denying the power, being in the number of a powerless church, setting in the things of God but yet the things of the world setting in us. But number three, I want to talk to a remnant people that the word of God promises a promise upon the earth before the return of the Lord. Now I want you to catch this. All through scripture it's referred to like this. The great and the terrible day of the Lord. And it's positioned in that wording for a perfect reason. It will be great for those who are watching and waiting and allowing the Holy Spirit to prepare them for the return of Christ. And it will be terrible for those who have fallen prey to the deception of the Antichrist that has been grooming and preparing the flesh for the return and appearance of an Antichrist man. He is always contrary to the very thing that God is doing. So we need to listen, church. The spirit of lawlessness has been released upon a people. A a persecution has come to the church like never before. There is a day and an hour where it seems the enemy is breathing down our necks. We need to come to an understanding that because all of this is being made known, those who are in Christ Jesus are truly about to be a part of a remnant revival that's not on a calendar date. No man knows the hour nor the day, but this I can tell you. He is coming in the clouds of glory. I know we like to believe that we're going to be hid up in a closet somewhere and plucked from the earth but the word of God doesn't say that it says every eye shall behold him they will see him coming there will be many who will know it's terrible because they heard a word preached that he's coming back He's coming back. He's coming back. But maybe in that hour they had fallen away. If, if, if they had known the day and the time that the owner was coming back to the property. If they had known the hour that the thief was coming. They would have set guard. They would have prayed and watched and not allow the enemy to rob, steal, kill and destroy. But we don't know the hour. But the Holy Ghost is saying people of God. Keys, come on and come to the keys. Come on, are we watching and are we praying or are we self-indulgent? Can we think of better things to do than sit in the house of God? We're already complaining in our minds saying, my God, she's trying to preach this word and I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. But I'm telling you this, if I preach to the wall, I'll preach to the wall. I will get this word out of me if it's the last thing that I do before him. Just put me in a pad. Don't play nothing. Just put me in a pad. But then there's a third section that the word of God promises in the last days. It's referenced in the Old Testament. It's referenced in the New Testament. And I'm going to read the New Testament account and you can read with me out of Acts and 2. 
how will you be found and be known in the last days? Stand to your feet, people of God. Will we be of the fallen away and put our hope and our trust in temporal things? Will we be comfortable in our flesh? But denying that his power is enough to transform it? and 17 says it like this and you can read it aloud and it shall come to pass in the last days says God I will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons your daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions and your old men shall see dreams and on my men servants and on my maid servants i will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy i will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved here's what I'm telling you we have a choice to fall away, we have a choice to be powerless and remain in our flesh, or we have a choice to rise up and allow the outpouring of a Holy Ghost of God to fill every crack and every crevice of our being. It's about time that we will open our mouths and prophesy. Our sons and our daughters, without selfish agenda, without a, a fleshly emotion, but out of the Holy Spirit of God. A prophecy will soon come forth out of the Word of God through the hearts and the saints and the minds of the people. The Antichrist spirit desires to deceive a people into a false view of who Jesus is. Its desire is to twist the truth about the Christ and pervert the gospel to fit our agenda, to spread lies about him, about his followers, and keeping people in the dark. Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus as coming in the flesh have gone into the world. Just listen to this. I know that often we say those who Refuse to say his name, right? Who have denied that he has already come to earth and he has already died and bore the stripes on him for our healing. He took the crown of thorns upon his head so that we can think right, right? He already was buried in a tomb and yet he resurrected. He walked on the earth 40 days before his ascension and here we are at Acts chapter 2 and the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon the whosoever's that were willing to wait and contend for the promise of God. 
So we couldn't obviously be deceived of an antichrist spirit, right? Because we all believe Jesus has already come. I want you to look at this with me. The antichrist spirit operates through those who deny that he came in the flesh. Are you denying that he can't touch your flesh? Are you denying that he's not able to take that anxiety from you? Are you denying that that tormenting traumatic experience cannot be healed by this name Jesus? Are you denying them the right that he is able to truly keep you in mind, body, and spirit? Well, you just don't understand that trauma. No, I perceive to say that you don't know this Jesus. Because at five years old, being sexually abused in the family's house, sitting on a staircase, I know trauma. But I'm not bound by that trauma. They overcame them and him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. I welcomed him in every area of my flesh. I don't get the right to uh, stand in accusation anymore. I moved up out of the way. I went to higher ground and said, vengeance is yours, God. I can't deal with that. But we get in our fleshly mind and we want people to pay what they did to us. We put ourselves higher than the knowledge of God. The Antichrist spirit denying that he came in the flesh. Well, I was abused, so I just got lustful issues. So he can heal you of your cancer. He can set you free out of the pit of sin. But he's not enough to take that lustful thought out of your mind. Are you denying that he's able to touch your flesh? Are you denying that he's able to come into your flesh? You believe him for your spirit, but don't touch my flesh, Jesus. Do not deceive yourself. Either he is Lord of all or not at all. That's the day and hour that we're coming to. Either he is Lord of all or not at all. Can we welcome him in our flesh? Can he be the Lord of my healing? Can he be the Lord of my mind? Can he be the Lord of my hands? Because I got to tell you, your mind only tells your hands and your feet where to go. It's all connected. The sensors and the process goes this way. Oh, this is not a fun word, Pastor. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If our eyes and our ear gates open up a path to the spirit realm, 
what are we watching and what are we listening to that would open the path to the Antichrist spirit? Can we deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow Jesus today? Is he able? Here's the beautiful thing about it. As long as there's breath in your body, you have an opportunity to be separate and come out from among them. That means causing your spirit man to speak over your flesh realm. There's so much more that I could say, but I'm not going to. I'm just telling you, read your word. The spirit of antichrist is edifying your flesh. How often does our flesh speak and we call it the Spirit of God? It's quiet. I need some intercessors to begin to pray because this spirit of lawlessness that wars is only being held back by the watchdogs who will keep the Holy Spirit at work in the earth. Come on, is He the Lord? of our spirit and the Lord that crucifies our flesh because in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh all flesh will not be able to deny that he is the Lord thy God who is high and seated on his throne he is enough to take my sinful desires he is enough for me to crucify myself and yet I live Here's the facts. Are you only a traveler passing through? Are you only living your life to die? Or are you dying to live? Are you only living and breathing to one day die? And you got your grave picked out and your burial plot. You can't wait to go into rest. Or are you dying to live? Don't be deceived in this hour. Come on, anything that is contrary to his word, he is enough to save you. He is enough to heal you. He is enough to drive out fleshly desires and cause you to hunger and thirst after righteousness. And he said, when you do those things, you will be filled. You will be filled with him. Come on, I feel some stains being wiped out of some out of some garments, out of some remnant pieces. I see him fashioning a bridal gown, a gown that is glorious and beautiful. I see a train being formed. I see fresh roses being etched around it. I see a glorious bride rising in a remnant piece, in a glorious revival because we did not quit. We did not give in to our selfishness 
indulgence. It didn't mean we weren't tempted, but we didn't look that way too long. See, that's where we get it messed up. We don't think we're even, listen, when you're righteous, you're not even tempted. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You'll be tempted. You will be tempted, but you will not give it a second look. You will have the fear of the Lord come. That's what I pray. I pray, Father God, right now for conviction to hit the house. I pray for conviction to hit to hit the house of every believer under the sound of my voice. I pray for conviction to fall and repent, forever allowing a thought to exalt itself against your wisdom and your knowledge, God. Having a form and denying the power, falling away, or being of those under the outpouring of his glory. You know, in 2 John, he writes to the lady elect. Oh my God, a woman was in charge of a church. Ooh, what? A lady elect? And he sent out a warning that read like this in a nutshell. He commended them for their stance and for their standing. He honored them because they had not given prey to these deceptive spirits. But then he said this, but I withhold nothing back because even when standing, <laughs> You're one foot away from falling. You're one wrong step from falling. This is why every single day we put on the mind of Christ and we lend our hands and we lend our feet to his holy presence. We should never get to a self-righteous place that we quit repenting, that we quit asking for Holy Spirit leading and guiding us to truth because as we stand, we are one lift away from falling. Hands lifted in this place today. How and why will you be known in the last days? In the last days, it is our prayer that we would not fall prey to deceptive words of the enemy and lies of flesh. Here's my deal. Take care of yourself. Please take a shower. Please look good because nobody's going to hear what you have to say when you look like doo-doo. When you stank, you staunchy, nobody's going to come up to you. Have enough grace to take care of yourself, but don't you ever put yourself on the throne where God resides. Don't you ever think that your flesh knows more than the spirit of the living God? Because it don't. I don't. Here's what I'm telling you. Can you believe him that in every area of your life, I will not fall prey to deception. I will not be bound by the lies and the trickery of the enemy. I know in whom I believe. I trust that he is my healer. I trust that he is my deliverer. I trust that he is my way maker. I trust that he is my lawyer. I trust that he is my advocate with the father. I trust his word to lead and guide me to truth I trust that he's enough to get rid of this flesh in my heart 
So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you come on, begin to ask the Lord to show you if there is any area where we might be able to open a door to an anti-Christ spirit. To be anti-Christ is to be pro-self, to be self-pleasing, to be self-promotion, to be self-elevated. Is there any place where the enemy might be able to have his way in our life? Is there any realm of flesh that has not yet been crucified that is still open to enemy territory that he could lure us back in come on come on come on come on come on ask the lord ask him ask him is there any area of my life that has been unsurrendered do you know that it's possible to be saved and yet have a demon at work in your heart Do you know that that's possible to be deceived and the Lord is gracious to you, giving you time because it is not his will that you would perish. It is not his will that he would do away with you. But when you refuse and you turn a deaf ear to the word of God and to the spirit of the living God, there will come a day when he himself will turn you over. And you know what the word of God says? He will let you be deceived. Read it. Second Thessalonians, read it. There will come a day he will allow you to be deceived because you turned a deaf ear to him. Well, I already dealt with that. I already got it figured out. I don't really need, this is a stupid sermon. I've been saved. You're the problem. then we need to cast down that spirit of religion that would keep you from the fullness of God. I'm ready to see a church laboring and operating in the gifts of the spirit, that the gifts come full knowledge and full proof and full through the laboring for healings and miracles and signs and wonders with the fruit and the evidence of the kingdom of God and not of flesh. Come on. Lift up your hands. I hear some are interceding behind that. I don't know where she's at, but I hear. I hear her interceding. Come on, intercessors. You know who you are. Begin to push. Come on, begin to push. Come on, is he the Lord of all? Is he the Lord of everything? Do you love him enough to let him come in the flesh? Come on, do you love him enough to let him come in the flesh? Let him purge it out. Come on, let him purge it out. Come on, that gossiping spirit, let him purge it out. Come on, listen, right now, some of you are saying, man, I wish so-and-so was here to hear that word today. That'd be good for them. It's good for you. It's good for me. I've been on my face asking the Lord for forgiveness all weekend long. come on is your heart's desire his come on is he moving through you in the way that he designed it to be or are we limiting our places of where he can go come on i'm telling you it's time to pull down demonic strongholds in the personality traits that god says those are mine to use i feel like that watchdog circling the property i'll keep on barking until i see and i then i'll devour it with the spirit of the living god i don't have any strength in myself but i'll preach until jesus comes and one day you'll get it. 
One day there will be a fear of the Lord that you will repent of every area in your life. But some of you can't get past your flesh because it feels good. Some of you can't get past this word because God wouldn't make me feel this way. Oh, yes, he would. With every head bowed and every eye closed, is there anybody under the sound of my voice? And you can make your way to this altar now. We don't have to wait. But how will you be known in the last days? How will we as a body and a church be known in the last days? How will we operate in spirit and in truth if we do not, if we do not acknowledge that he has came and driven out the flesh that's within us? Is there anybody under the sound of my voice that you would say, I, 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 I want to be of the remnant body. I want, to, I want to be under the outpouring, but I got to lay some stuff down. I, I want my mind whole. I want, I want my broken space to be like that magnet to his wholeness and him come into me and cleanse me of every single detail in my life. Come on, if that's you, make your way to this altar. Come on, come on, lay it down today. Come on, lay it down today. I don't want any area of an antichrist and denying that he's able to come into this flesh. Come on, flesh is ugly, but lay it down. He's not scared. He's not scared. Come on, he's not afraid of your flesh. Come on, he's sure not afraid of your need of a healing. Come on, he's not afraid. Come on, come on, make, make your move. Make your move. You got some old wounds you've been holding tight to. And the enemy has been laboring in those wounds, laboring in those emotions, laboring through you. And you don't even know it because we call it the kingdom. Come on, but we lay it down. So... Come on, come on, saints, pray. Come on, say, I, I want to be of a remnant. I want to be of a remnant. I want to be of a believing system that ignites fuel and ignites the flame of God. I want to be of that outpouring spirit. I, I trust him in every single detail of my life. Come on, begin to pray, intercessors. Come on, begin to pray. Listen, we ain't a quiet church. I don't know what is going on. That spirit of Antichrist needs to move up out of this place. Come on. Will we deny that he's able to come in and deal with our flesh? Will we deny him? Or will we deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus? Will we deny our flesh? Will we deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow him? Wherever he leads, I will follow. Will we deny ourselves in this hour? Come on, his spirit is coming. His spirit is coming. His spirit is coming. Come on, lay it out, lay it out, lay it out, lay it out, lay it out. Move, move, move. 
I will not be of an antichrist that denies he is coming in my flesh. He is enough because when he comes in it, then I have authority to put it down. Move, move, move. Come on, his blood is enough. Come on, his grace is enough. His forgiveness is enough, even over our staunchy fleshly ways. Come on, pray. Lay it down, church. Lay it down, church. Lay it down, church. Come on, say, Father, we repent. Come on, we repent for allowing the enemy to even get in our minds. Some of you, it was not, it was not intentional. Some of you, it was by default. You just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Come on, move. Now those where you're seated, if you want to be in that outpouring, come on, lift up your hands, church. Lift up your hands and say, pour it out. Pour out your spirit, pour out your glory. God, Lord, if you could use anything, use me. Use me, God. Don't allow me to fall into depravity. Don't allow me to fall into deception. Don't allow my children to give way to the lies of the enemy. Don't allow me to entertain my fleshly ways and my emotions to rule and reign the deeds of my life. But God, Lord, let us be a church whose eyes are upon you and your eyes are upon us God let us be a church found worthy of your outpouring of your spirit of your glory God Lord help us to bring change in our environment help us to bring change within our hearts of man help us to bring change within our households God don't allow us to be of the falling away don't allow us to be a powerless body not able to see change and evidence of the kingdom but Lord allow your spirit to pour out move 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 come on Jesus came in the flesh the word was made flesh and it dwelt among us and now the entirety of the word based on Acts chapter 2 dwells on the inside of you today if you've received the fullness of his spirit don't allow the works of the flesh to manifest any longer I cast down every preconceived thought right now I cast down every lying spirit right now I cast down every deceptive word come on and here's the deal if you refuse to allow the Lord thy God to come in those emotional places then I'm telling you you got to hear me today he is the Lord thy God and he is the truth and he is the way and he is the life but here's what I hear the Lord saying you should be farther along than you are today Second John, he tells the lady elect, 
He says, in standing, you're only one step away of falling. But he says, this is not a new commandment. This is actually old. But then he says this, you must love one another. See, some of you, the enemy's still running rampant in your heart and in your mind because you have not been perfected in his love for others. Jesus actually told his disciples, it is by this very thing that they will know who you are. <laughs> How will you be known in the last days? You will be known as my disciples because of your love for one another. My God. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. He's not saying only love them if they're this color, if they're that gender, or if they love to mix in between the lines. I, I love, I love, I love everybody, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, love is broadened beyond the outward appearance of man. Broad is, it is broader than your own thought process. He's saying, I need you to love in the spirit realm. Get your flesh out of the way and allow the spirit of the living Christ to full manifest on the earth and do a work that is changing the atmosphere of your surroundings kingdom first they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another and I can tell you as a mother nothing grieves me more than if I see my children in the natural warring and fighting against each other. And as a spiritual mother, nothing grieves me more than watching flesh devour one another. My God. This is how we will be known at Restoring Hope Church. This is how we will be known. Not a church that is falling away and turning from our faith because we didn't get our way. Not a church who is half-hearted when we come into this place. But we are burning with the passion of the kingdom because we know the change that it produced on the inside of us and the power that is able to transform the world if they would hear it or accept it. And a church that welcomes an outpouring of his glory. For his namesake. Come on, just lift up your hands as they begin to sing. Have your way, Jesus. Come on, Lord, have your way in each and every life. 
have your way through us and in us in every motive. May we check the motive at the door. May we check our agendas. God, Lord, may we remove our desire to exalt ourselves. But here's what the truth of the word of God says. When we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God in due season, he will lift us up. He will exalt us in due season when he knows we're ready to handle it. We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.